0: Welcome and thank you for listening to the 9-7 podcast
1: where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts Richard and Mary
0: Robinson.
1: Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned
0: a lot along the way since 9-7. Hello everyone. How are you today? I'm all right. Just all right?
1: Just all right.
0: I get it. That's Typical for everyone at every now and then. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to talk about today?
1: Well, I figured since we kind of have diverged away from our story a little bit in some of the other episodes <laughs> that we picked back up where we left off. And so where did we leave off? Do you remember?
0: Yep. So the last thing <clears throat> in our story, we talked about having our second daughter. And now we're at the point where we have a five-year-old and an infant staring us in the face every day.
1: Hmm. And neither one of them going home.
0: Exactly. They are home. Yeah. So, it was... um, I remember being very tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Understatement.
0: Very tired because, you know, we had been trying for Ari, our second daughter, for... A while. We had our IUD taken out when our oldest was three Uh and we didn't get pregnant right away like some people do. It took us about a year and a half um, to get pregnant with our second. Um, And so it had been a while since, you know, having an infant in the house. And I just remember being very tired.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's not something you get used to very easily unless you have your children back to back to back where it's still very fresh in your brain. Mm -hmm. What it's like to have a person 100 percent dependent and not sleeping in their own room, et Mm -hmm. cetera, et cetera, et cetera whereas by this point amari's five Mm -hmm. i got very comfortable with amari not sleeping with us and not necessarily depending on us to spoon feed her Mm -hmm. literally every two hours or um crying whenever she gets gassy not to
0: mention at this point in time i'm homeschooling amari and so we come home from the hospital now our hospital stay, I can't remember if we talked about this in the last one, but it was very short. Mm-hmm. Because the delivery and everything with Ari was so easy. There was no medication involved. It was push, push. She's out. She came out on the 12th. And the 13th, we came home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we, you know, were
1: home. Did you have medication with any of them?
0: They tried to give me it with Amari, but it didn't work out that way
1: and so then you did all natural mm-hmm. going forward mm-hmm.
0: and so um, yeah so I was in the like I of course didn't jump right back into you know being teacher mommy because it was just a bit much for me right at the beginning with you know infant hours and well nursing breastfeeding infant hours are bonker balls because it's every two hours start to start Mm-hmm. And our children were the the babies that liked to eat for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was like I would get forty five minutes without an infant on my boobages. <laughs> and so it was it was tough at first, you know, because then you also don't want to, you know, have the have our oldest feel like she's missing out and mm-hmm. feeling neglected.
1: I mean, especially because she's a toddler at that point, right?
0: No, she's school age.
1: School age. So she's running around Excuse and
0: me.
1: jumping and kicking. and
0: Well, not to mention, she had five years with just the three of us. Yeah. So, you know, those five years didn't disappear once her little sister was born. Though she was begging for a, a, a little brother, actually. Um, she cried in the... Um, in hospital. The hospital because she found that it was a girl instead of a boy but mm-hmm. ironically cute. enough she cried again when we had our son because she wanted another girl instead of the boy so it was she just was crying yeah it can't please everyone but um she was very excited once you know it didn't take up but maybe 10 minutes to be excited for a little sister mm-hmm. in the hospital but then you know we again we didn't want her to feel like you know, now it's all about the baby. Um, we want her to feel like she was still, you know, as important as she actually was, and so. Um,
1: this is very much a boss baby scenario. This sounds yeah. like that movie yeah. almost to the letter.
0: So, um, but yeah, in that in that movie though, the older little boy—I can't remember what his name was. He actually was imagining really crazy stuff. Like his parents were really just leaving him to the wolves, so mm-hmm. to speak. But um, we were trying to prevent that feeling, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we, we did some things and we, you know, made her feel special still. But um, yeah, that, that first couple of months, like you said in a previous podcast, no one can prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. The level of. Exhaustion you feel with an infant Is unmatched Um, But uh, Eventually Probably after about a good week Or two I jumped back Into teaching Amari there I'm not gonna say That there weren't times that I was sitting in our Little school area falling asleep (laughs) (laughs) Because nursing Makes you sleepy Mm -hmm. But like I know But we got it done And um, had some fun along the way in those couple of months. What do you remember most?
1: I remember looking at an infant and being like, I'm never going to sleep again. (laughs) But the difference this time is I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. I knew that the lack of sleep and every two hours and all that kind of stuff. Actually, ended at some point. Um, I had a rough estimate because I'm not really good with the stages of babies, even though I got three, mm-hmm. I'm not really, really well squared on oh, it's going to be six months. Because what we found out is every child is different, right? So, some babies um take to being in a crib or something like that very easily, some don't. Mm-hmm. So, you got to kind of keep them closer to you longer. Um, so there's a little variation in there per child and per that child's temperament. Um, but I do remember, you know, uh, I think because of Amari and being real keen to observe her as she moved through her stages of development, I was hypersensitive to Ari. Mm. So like, whereas Amari... It took me a little while to understand, oh, she's being inquisitive when she's reaching for that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, in that very early stage when they're like, you know, I jumped ahead a little bit because I'm at like when babies first start trying to maneuver their own bodies. Yeah. And um, so a little bit past infant stage. I don't know what you call that stage. It's not, she's not crawling yet. It's just when they start to try to rock and mm-hmm. and they're grabbing that stuff, right? still
0: infant, it's newborn. Oh,
1: so yeah, at the infant stage, when she got to that point with Amari, it took me longer, you know, being my first baby in school, working all at the same time. It took me longer to say, oh, she's being inquisitive and then to um, positively reinforce that inquisitive nature. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, let's let's let me help you scoot the Buddha mm-hmm. over here and let's play with the cardboard box together. Right. Things like that. Or, you know, just different things like that. And then, you know, doing the same behavior for things that she shouldn't be into even at that age. Like, don't touch that. Yeah. And then that reinforces the don't mess with light switches and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, It took me a lot longer to get to that point with. Amari to start reinforcing that, even with language mm-hmm. and things like that. Like, we never really did the baby talk thing.
0: Right, we've never with, done that. With
1: any of them. uh uh-uh. But it was one of those things where I took the learnings that I got from Amari, because as she got older, I would give her positive affirmations, you know, like before I go to work or something. And I'm like, oh, you're so beautiful. And I would, you know, get to her level, look her in the eye and and say these things to her on a regular basis. Um, But she was much older compared to Ari when I started doing that Mm -hmm. with her and saying, oh, you can do, you want to do that? Let's give it a try and then help her do something like that. You know, all those things that, you know, that I had read about and heard people talk about in um, reinforcing positivity to children a lot of things that my mom did for me coming up and my parents did for me coming up was, you know, that same kind of positive reinforcement. Like, oh, I'm going to attempt this thing. And my parents could see me setting up for the attempt, know that I'm going to fail, but they will let me try it anyway. Yeah. And then they would say, no, you just got to try it again and keep trying until you make it or things like that. So they were hyper positive people. And I was trying to pass that on to my kids But understanding when to do that, because my earliest memory of that, I'm like 11. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like with Amari, I started at like two or three, I think. And then seeing how that affected her, or at least my perception of how it affected her, right? Because that's, you know, not getting too deep into the science. That's the only environment she's ever been in. Yeah. So I don't know if it's affecting her positively or negatively because that's all she knows
0: but again that's all she knows so it has to be a positive effect
1: okay so because
0: she doesn't know otherwise
1: otherwise exactly but then when with Ari because of all of that and seeing the outcomes that came from that like how hard Amari tried on the soccer field Mm -hmm. and gymnastics or gymnastics and how she dealt with not necessarily doing it exactly right or, you know, going through that learning process mm-hmm. and how she dealt with that. I was like, oh, that's a great, <clears throat> excuse me, a great outcome. I want to nurture that same thing in Ari. Right. But because Amari had been born and I now had this new experience of going through that with a human, I recognized Ari's curiosities earlier.
0: But legit, Ari's curiosity perked earlier than Amari's, and even our son. Yeah. Cause. Like, she, she was like, you know, to, Amari was inquisitive. Like, you could see her looking around trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ari was a whole nother level. And she still is. She's very much still that same little baby. Yeah. At like two months old, trying to getting frustrated with herself for not being able to communicate. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we have videos even where we show her and we're like, "What are you trying to say?" Because you could tell in her eyes that she's frustrated that she's trying to communicate something. Yeah, yeah, to us that we obviously aren't getting, and yeah. then you would see her get her face would get balled up like. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't they understand me? <laughs> yeah, I, and you really saw it. I mean, granted, two months was a little bit young, but you could still see it. But then, at about four months, five months, six months, it was real. Like you knew that she was yeah. trying to tell you something. Yeah,
1: and and her, I guess it was the intensity of her look too. Because mm-hmm. like Ari, Ari, whereas Amari is what I would consider textbook baby. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she hit all the marks. Right on the money. Right on the money. Yep. Like, now,
0: what is the book? What to expect? What you expecting? expecting.
1: They wrote that book about Amari.
0: Amari hit every single milestone. Right. Um, right on target. Right um, on. She is two weeks old. She will have a growth spurt. And she was exactly that.
1: Bam. Right on the money. You could set your watch by her. Yep. And her development track as a child. And and she's just, even now, you know, as a teenager,
0: Almost, teen Almost teenager. Almost <laughs> teenager. Uh,
1: she's hyper consistent that way. Yeah. Even now. Mm-hmm. She she hits all the markers without question. Uh, and as a parent, you couldn't ask for anything better as a first time parent. Yep. Because there's infinite resources. Yep. There's infinite books about it. This is a textbook situation. Yep. And I feel that that was the same way with the pregnancy all the way through. Yep. Whereas Ari, your pregnancy was a little different. And then her as a child is her infant stage has been different in the way that the intensity of her looking at you was different than the average baby. Mm -hmm. Because you knew, you know, the same way like you're in a room, you're doing something, you're not paying attention. And then you look up because you feel someone looking at you Mm -hmm. with an intensity or an intent. Yeah. Where you're like, oh. You you need something? You need me? Yeah. That's how I felt about Ari as a little baby. You could hold her. And if you could hold her where she could look in your face, she would look at you where you would look away and feel like.
0: Someone needs me.
1: And they're looking at me Mm -hmm. for a very specific reason. And then when you looked at her. And she would look at you. You were like, "I can see the gears, turning. right? Like, there is a lot cranking in that little brain that you you really want to get out. You know what I'm saying? You you got a lot, like you could." Yeah, you
0: because it was so cute. You would say and you said it's all three of them, but you'd be like, "I see you in there. I mm-hmm. see you in there."
1: <laughs> yeah, because it was just like, and she was just like, "I lack." Whatever this thing is, I lack the ability to convey to you what I clearly think. Right. And it was a very clear thing. And even now, out of our children, she's probably the most opinionated. Yep. She speaks most her mind. The
0: curious and knows what, what it is she wants to do and what she doesn't.
1: Yep. And she'll just say it very not not necessarily blunt to hurt your feelings, right. but very plainly, like, uh, I do not want ice cream. Right. And that's been, like, the case since one.
0: Oh, since before that. Because remember, she was the baby that... I tried to give pacifiers too and oh, she yeah. would throw them out the crib. Right. Like I don't need a pacifier; I got my thumb.
1: Yep. She didn't want a pacifier. Like, but we
0: tried repeatedly to get her to suck the pacifier. Mm. She would not suck the pacifier. She would throw it out the crib and put her thumb in her mouth. Yep. She was the kid who crawled backwards. She well scooted. she she scooted backwards. And then she just got up, started walking. walking. Yeah. <laughs> she never like really crawled. Nine months. Yeah. And then once our son was born, who we'll talk about in another episode, but came fairly fast after her, Mm -hmm. um, decided, oh, yeah, she started walking at nine months. By 10 months, she was like, I can go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. because she was talking at like eight, nine months, too. Mm -hmm. And then once our son was born, decided she didn't want to use the bathroom anymore. (laughs)
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. she just made the decision She's like i want my
0: diaper my pull-up back i want my pull-up back mm-hmm. we gave her a pull-up back she wouldn't use the bathroom no more and then about maybe a month or two later she's like i use the bathroom now like yeah because <laughs> she knew she could do it all yeah. along and it was like i think she got tired of the feeling because she knew what it felt like to have on a little underwear and mm-hmm. to not have to you know uh get pooped changed on myself yeah And then she realized, I kind of like those underwear better. Better. Mm -hmm. So, I use the bathroom again now. It's okay. And she did. Like, Mm -hmm. that was it.
1: And and she's always been like that. Very
0: definitive. Very, explain to me what this thing is. And then it's like, oh, okay. Or, I feel like I don't like that. But can you help me understand it? And then I tell, oh, okay. I don't not like that. I like it. You know? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's very... And she asks those very pointed questions. Even now, she'll, she'll say, Daddy, what does this thing mean? Right. And then you explain it. And she'll say, but is that like this other thing? Mm-hmm. And you just hear her verbally making the mental connections yeah, between the connection. things. And then she'll say, okay. And then she'll just go play. Yeah. Like, however that came to her brain. It came. And at that instant, she needed to address yep. it. Because she'll run you down to ask a question. Yep. She'll follow you all through the house until she gets you cornered.
0: Or she'll hear a word in, yep. a, in a TV show or a movie that we're watching.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she'll be like, pause it, pause it.
1: What does that mean? What
0: does constitute mean? And you're yep. like, oh, uh, yep. okay.
1: <laughs> and then, but once you say what it means.
0: And then she's like, oh. And then if she knows an example of it or if she knows another word that means something similar, she'll ask, well, does that mean like this? And it'll be like, yes, or no, but here's why it doesn't. Oh, okay.
1: And her vocabulary is insane yeah. for her age. Like, it's grown, like, we've watched it grow leaps mm-hmm. and bounds um, in her vocabulary. So she's very well-versed in saying what's on her mind. Yep. And she'll say it. She
0: says what's on her mind, and she'll Freely give her opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: can hurt your feelings sometimes, sometimes. if you let it. <laughs> yeah, if you let it.
1: She definitely got that uh, nanny spirit. Mm-hmm. That old woman spirit. That
0: old grandma, nanny nana spirit. Mm-hmm. Where she just gonna tell it like it is. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna say it because I love you.
0: Right. Like, mm, you smell like a skunk. Mm-hmm. Like, darn.
1: You're a skunk. Did you brush your <laughs> teeth this morning? She asked me that. I remember um this was recently you know since we've been working from home and i get up super early so like it was one time that i was like man i was i got up late and it was late for me so i just came in here to do your meeting starts super early yeah so i just came in did the meeting and i was like yeah once the meeting's done i get a little break then i'll go do my actual morning routine. And when I got that little break, she had got up. Yeah, they were up. And so you
0: get up at about five something that particular morning. For whatever reason, they rarely get up before six earth. thirty.
1: But they were up. But they were up. And they all, and so when they see me, they go through their routine, hugs the and kisses morning, first hugs, in the morning. Kisses. And I went to kiss Ari. She said, Mm, Daddy, <laughs> did you brush your teeth?" I said, "No, not yet." She said, "You should go do that right now." <laughs> I said, dang. <laughs> like, that's just how you going to carry me? You don't even care about the circumstance that got me to this Never point. Never
0: mind the fact that she hadn't burst hers either. Yeah.
1: She was just like, nah. This ain't right. You need to take care of that right now. <laughs> I was like, man. But, yeah, so she's, she.
0: But she, like we were saying, she'd always been that way. So it was like, even from being an infant, she was. Very, very, very curious mm-hmm. and vocal and vocal and silly. Like she has a very, um, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? Her sense of humor is is um advanced, not advanced, but it's, mature. No, like it's a, advanced, an advanced sense of humor. Yeah. She 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 tells little jokes and things that she like. That's hilarious, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like her little, she mocks um. Like older women. (laughs) But she does it so well, though. (laughs) But she's like, she was like, hey, baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: It's so funny.
0: And then she got this thing where she said I'm walking like an old lady and mm-hmm. she get them shoulders going she's so funny she's super observant yeah that's, that's what a... I was trying to say her her humor is very observant like yeah. she takes something that she sees that she finds comical mm-hmm. and on a six year old now seven year old old body mimicking it it's yeah. hilarious
1: yeah when, she's, when she came in the room one day and said uh, she was walking really slow and I was like alright what are you doing and she did her old lady voice and she said my uh, my legs move slow but my arms move fast and she started <laughs> doing like this and i was like what like where do you come up with this, this stuff so funny so she yeah she's hilarious but i think the thing that's really interesting though is when you're looking at both of them is trying to parent those two very different personalities yep. cuz Amari's very mechanical and logical Mm -hmm. and if you give me steps one two and three i'm gonna do steps one two and three every time like clockwork in order no deviation
0: yep and if i and if there is isn't deviation then from henceforth forward that deviation will now be a part of it A, a part of it Yeah. without question right so like oh now i can do it this way or I think this would make it look better. Now I'm going to add this in. But it will be like that forever until her her brain decides, let's try this one. Yep. And then it continues.
1: Until so there's a new variable, mm-hmm. a new deviation to consider. Whereas Ari, Ari is not, not more creative, but she's more abstract. Yeah. You will give her one, two, and three.
0: They're both pretty creative. Amari is more of the, I want to create... Like you were saying, according Systems. to the systematic and structures, way. structures, yeah. Ari wants to create according to how she feels or thinks at that moment. At that moment. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because <laughs> both of them take creativity. Because mm-hmm. Amari wants to build a system to do a thing. Right. And part of it is because she don't want to have to think about how to do it again. Right. Which is a great engineering mind. Right. Right. Whereas She's Ari. Like, I
0: want the repeatable way to do it. T- from the beginning. Right.
1: Whereas Ari, so like cooking, Amari is going to be great oh, at she because following a cooking. recipe yeah. is one, two, three, right? Whereas Ari, you give her one, two, three and say, this is the order. Her first question is going to be, can I do three first? Right. And you will say, no, Ari, I literally just said one, two, three, mm-hmm. and this is the order. She'll be like, but what if I want to do number two first? Right. Like no matter what order you or, give her, she's gonna at okay, least ask the question. I see
0: one, two, three, but two says I gotta do I to add this, but what if I don't if I don't add that and I add something else instead? Like she'll look at the order. Yeah. She'll acknowledge the order mm-hmm. and look at what the order states mm-hmm. and then say to us, but can I X Y Z?
1: And it's gonna be some variation that right. her brain that thought. Her, of.
0: Right. And in, in 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 like school for example, you know I'm not the type of teacher where there's only one right one right way to do a thing mm-hmm. I know Amari is the logical rote you know give me the memorization give me the steps to solve it Ari is not like that Mm-mm. she is the I know the concept you taught me the concept mommy but now can I do it and I'll just let her do it and then I'll say okay explain to me how you got your answer mm-hmm. and if her Logic is sound and I'm like, okay, do it that way. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same as Amari at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give her questions. Amari will, you know, do it the way that works for her. I'll give Aria a question. Granted, they're two different level questions because they're five years apart. But mm-hmm. give Aria a question that I know Amari would have answered a particular way. Aria will go her path, come up with the same answer. Sometime it take her a tiny bit longer. A lot of times it takes a whole lot shorter time, Mm -hmm. but it's still the right answer. And I'm like, are you mad at your thinking?
1: I know what what I enjoy as a father, and this may be weird, but they're they're like the two hemispheres of my brain.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting.
1: It's, It's so fun to interact with them at different points because... Because I am a software engineer, I have that very logical one, two, three, one, two, three, and this should not, this should not not work because this is the sequence and this is how it's supposed to be, right? But then I have this other side of me where I do like creative writing and I draw. And
0: you do design and I for do like your
1: my software, software. right? In which case. Yeah, sometimes I'm internally conflicted with a design I want to implement that's not always hyper-technically feasible, right? So I'm trying to do both. And that's what it's like interacting with them two together, which is always fun and maddening at Mm -hmm. the same time.
0: The funny thing is, I feel like they both represent us because with you... Both sides of your brain, you lean more to the engineering logic side, Mm -hmm. right? I also have that logical side where, like, you know, checklists, following directions, all of that, but I lean to my creative side, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's interesting, like you said, in that way to interact with them because I look at them, even in the classroom when we're doing assignments, I look at them and, like, chuckle to myself sometimes because I'm like, this is literally me and
1: hyper, as two people. hyper personified, um, personified as two separate as people. Two separate
0: people. Yeah. Because Amari, again, she is super creative, but she's the one, two, three. Like, I do a lot of crafting. She loves to do craft. They both love really love crafting. Ari's is going to be abstract. Mm-hmm. She's going to use the tools that I'm allowing her to use, especially all the, you know, fun stuff that I let them use. But hers is going to be more whimsical, abstract. Let's do the boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. Where Amari's going to look at it and be like, well, this says step one. This says step two. And I need it to look as close to perfect as possible. It should look like the picture. I'm following the the steps. Mm -hmm. Which is me on one hand. Mm -hmm. And then on Ari's side, there's times when when we were decorating for Easter for the kids. I'm like, no, that's too symmetrical. We need to make it look more fun and funky. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the Ari side. Where it's like, no, I see the steps, but I like it like this better. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'll use all the pieces, but I'm not going to do it the way that they say to use it. I'm going to do it in the way that I like. Mm-hmm. So it with is the same pieces. With the same pieces. Yep.
1: It's, just, it's like watching them, because for Easter, you got them the kaleidoscopes. And just watching them both try to put together the same instrument mm-hmm. was comical. Yep. Like... Ari's approach and Amari's approach—they both ended up with the kaleidoscope eventually, mm-hmm. but like where they needed parental help and what parts they needed help on were very, very different. Yep. You know, and and then and then them to both have the tool and then what they do with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's it's really it's really amazing to watch, but it can also drive you up the wall because those two personality types clash often. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's intentional because sometimes Ari just will do stuff.
0: They both. I mean, but that's also the nature of siblings, though. Like, they literally do stuff to get under each other's skin. Both of them do. That's but But w- the thing that I, that I really enjoy about when they are flowing together... Beautifully, is that it creates beautiful things. Like oh yeah, when they're in sync, when it's they amazing. are really in sync about a thing, it's, it's like amazing. Man, if y'all could keep that vibe when you get older, like yeah. you guys could really it create is nothing some beautiful they things. Do. Yeah,
1: it's nothing they couldn't do, because it's 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 a it's absolutely amazing when they work, when they work in tandem. Yeah, And the and their gears, actually interlocked at the yeah. right the right place. Yeah. They when they they're
0: not button cogs mm-hmm. against each other, and they actually are intertwining. Entwined. Yeah,
1: yeah. When it, when the gears, when the teeth of the gears hit the right the right speed together, they self organize. Mm-hmm. They they self um, what's the word? Not not only do they self organize, they dish out complementary tasks right. to each other. Like right. you're good at this, work on this you're great at that and they know each other's strengths and weaknesses and and they don't butt heads when they do that and the outcome is always like you you just look at it and you're just like man you two sat in the room and did this thing you know what i'm saying i mean obviously because they're both very strong-willed independent thinking people Mm -hmm. they are when they do have a clash even in those situations is usually a creative difference yeah it's not a technical difference mm-hmm. it's not a we should do these steps because they've planned together and they both mm-hmm. are in agreement with the steps but it's usually like i want it to be pink and i want it to be teal right becomes the the discussion right at that at that point which is always fun to listen to Mm -hmm. if you ever want to amaze yourself as a parent listen to your kids have a disagreement among themselves that's the
0: a disagreement not the little fighting little petty stuff but like when they really disagree a a legit disagreement like
1: we have a shared task and a shared goal and we disagree about something on that path it's the greatest conversation you'll Mm -hmm. ever hear between your kids As they try to give their reasonings for why they want it their way or whatever.
0: Which is all funny because like going back to when Ari was an infant. um, You know, Amari wanted a little sister or brother for so long. And then it was, I just wanted to be bigger. Because, you know, it was the tempering of the. I want to play with her, but this is not a doll, baby. This is a human. Yeah. And but I want to a... play. I want to play. Well, oh, you're being too rough. Well, I don't understand. Well, I'm explaining to you, but that's not very fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that it's not very fun. And but why is she so little? Why is she so little? Why can't I do this stuff? Well, eventually she will be old enough. And now, you know, the last few years, it's been, I just want to go to my room
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> for just a little bit. I do like playing, but sometimes I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just want to be in my room yeah. by myself. And it's just like, what? Now you want to be by yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I just want to be by myself. Me and your mom do did all this work to put in on these other two people. <laughs> and now you want to be by yourself? but play with these people
0: but yeah that that year because the next year we had another infant but we'll talk about that Mm. again another time because yes we are crazy (laughs) but that year with the two of them after about the first six months it wasn't too bad I mean we did that was probably the beginning of when our ability to do things just the two of us kind of went away so it's been Completely. about about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one one little tiny vacation mm-hmm. that we had, mm-hmm. but it was like two days.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's but, still yeah. In the grand scheme, that's still
0: it was something.
1: Yeah, because
0: for the most part, and that to that part was hard, and it still is
1: hard. Um I mean, because it's easy, you know, when you. Like, using hindsight, right? First-time parents, you're not letting anybody watch your infant. Right. But then by the time Amari hits...
0: Especially me. since we were, you know, blessed enough for me to still not have to go to work. So, right. it wasn't like I had... You know, we were putting putting them in school and daycare.
1: Right. So then... But by the time Amari's five, she's school age, that's an easy handoff. Because now, you know, anybody family whoever that we got to watch her at that point it's like she can go to the bathroom she can tell you when she's hungry Mm -hmm. she can you know you can occupy her by oh here's some crayon and color well not necessarily Amara she Mm -hmm. didn't like coloring so much she but but then Ari comes along and now your ask of a person is exponentially higher right so here's a five-year-old that can do all this stuff but then here's a smaller three-year-old and it's like well you can't just kind of sit them down and go about your day or kind of peek in on them to see if they're all right you know and then to your point and then we we doubled down on the infants that following year so at that point it was like we can't really we thought it would be unreasonable right to say hey come babysit you know our five year old and, an and an infant, or a
0: toddler and an infant. Yeah. So. Especially with, you know, nursing. Like, because when Amari, our oldest, was an infant, I had to go back to work. So pumping was a part of my regimen. You know, like I had to because I knew I had to go back to work. But with Ari, I didn't never, I never pumped. Mm -hmm. until I was getting ready to wean her off. Mm -hmm. And so it was like for a good nine months, I was just like Mm -hmm. nursing her. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and and that was, she didn't, you know, she didn't know a bottle to her. She didn't know what a bottle was. Like she didn't need it because I was there. And Mm -hmm. so then I, um, when I did start pumping, I think with her, I had to supplement a little bit because... She was hungry like all of our kids were.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, as as grandma would say, the more you fed them, the longer their neck, neck got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that still was at like maybe seven or eight months when I started kind of supplementing um, milk with nursing. I think it was about seven or eight months. Um, so it was, we just couldn't go out. Like, and mm-hmm. if we did, it was still just the four of us. Like, we couldn't go out and leave the kids somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was, that was kind of tough. It still has been kind of tough. But, um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Mm.
1: You were just saying how tough it was not being able to go out and about had oh yeah our, just had the own. two of us
0: yeah yeah i mean there was a few times um later on after our son was born because i often joked that i felt like i was pregnant for three years straight even though i only had two little babies it still felt like three years mm-hmm. <laughs> um after he was born and a little bit further along probably about seven or eight months or so we were able to go out on some dates here and there but um, it was it was tough, and then you throw in the fact that we had a you know a smaller home, and so it was we were starting to get kind of tight. <laughs> starting to outgrow it for because it was our first house. You mm-hmm. know, we got it when we only had one kid, and it was perfect for three.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but I think but I think too the other thing that makes it tough, or what was tough for us is even those little dates, you know. 2 hours or something like that. You start missing them. Yeah. When they're that little, you don't want to be you know away from them that long when they're that small. Right. So that's that's the that's the other hurdle to get past is I mean, not really a hurdle, it's just what it is. Yeah. You know, cuz even as a father, we leave the house, we're gone an hour and a half, even my mind start to drift on, what are they doing? Right. Are they all right? You know what I'm saying? So it it almost becomes a little more, not only economically sound, but just for your mental health to just be like, I'm going to just stay here with the kids yeah. versus going out. Because it's like, you know, we would like even to go to a movie, you know, dinner and a movie, you're out three hours or more for a dinner and a movie. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And by the time you halfway through the movie in that scenario, you're wondering if the kids are all right. Yeah. You know, especially when you got little ones in the mix, you know what I'm saying? And and when I say little ones, I mean up till six, seven. Yep. You know, because before then, depending on their their own evolution, you know, they may be verbal, but they may not be hyperverbal. They may have, you know speech impediments and Mm. things because they're still you know grasping how English works right you know and then you start worrying well the sitter isn't with them as much so what if they're saying this but they think is that and all kinds of misinterpretations and you spiral and then you're like you know what we can't even finish this movie I mean yeah
0: yeah, but then it's it's a lot like What is the sitter going to be as strict about what they are watching around them as we are? Because we don't expose them to a lot of things, Mm -hmm. you know, like language and and just inappropriate things on TV and movies. Same thing with music. Yeah, music. Like, are you listening to something, watching something? I mean, it it, it went went real deep for us, like the amount of image training and... Things that we've been putting around our kids since they were born uh-huh. has been very important to us. But I remember even <laughs> when Ari was a baby, sometimes a date for us was, we're going to run up to, to Chick-fil-A and get an ice cream cone and come back. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it'd be 20, 30 minutes, but it will be something.
1: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the, th- the one that always made me laugh was the one time your sister watched the kids for us and we went on a date. And we got back and she was like, where did you, where'd y'all go? What'd y'all do? I thought y'all be going longer. We was like, no, we just went to Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, we went to, Lowe's and went to Lowe's and walked around and talked about, you know, whatever we talked about. I can't even remember. And just walked around Lowe's. And she was like. Lowe's? And she just had this perplexed look on her face. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm over here watching the kids for y'all to have a romantic night out. And your romantic night out is an hour and a half or two hours at yeah. Lowe's. I'm about to
0: say it probably wasn't even that long because yeah. Lowe's was only like 15 minutes. Yeah, not even but, 15 minutes. But we did away. get something to eat, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. did
1: get something to eat. So she's like, "Y'all have only been gone like two hours, mm-hmm. and the the thing that you did was go to Lowe's, and mm-hmm. we we're like, well, we ate to too,
0: and then you went to Lowe's. Lowe's
1: of all things, that's romantic. For and you. we were
0: oh, we were home before Lowe's closed. Yeah. because Lowe's closed at like nine. nine yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, yeah, we're good. I mean, we I can say that the few people that we've allowed um to watch the kids I could trust that, you know, they're gonna uphold what we Yeah have, I mean, have instilled, but
1: to, um to your point, watching our kids comes with a high bar. Yeah. Like it's a really high bar.
0: Because There have been times people are like, Oh, they can come over here and I'm like No, Mm
1: -hmm. because I don't
0: know who might visit you. I trust you, yeah, but I don't know who might visit you Mm -hmm. that might not that have my especially if it was Ari, have Ari coming home talking about what do these words mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she'd be the one. (laughs) She
0: would, and we would explain it to her, and then we would say, okay, no more for that Mm house. But we never did anything like that anyway.
1: No, no, but it's it's one of those things that it it does come with a really 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 high bar that we uh we stick to fervently yeah yeah all of that to say multiple kids means multiple personalities that develop at different rates and is really is really interesting as a parent because it's it's what makes them different and unique Mm -hmm. um but it's never like a favorite Right. It's it's just. It's different. This is different, and it's not a different bad or a different good. It's just different.
0: And it's not something that anybody could have explained to us prior to us having two children. Right.
1: Like if you don't have multiple kids, I can't. This podcast does not explain it. It doesn't at all.
0: Because I, I there's there aren't words for me to mm. use to fully explain it.
1: Even 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 in the podcast. Even in this episode, it sounds, you know, kind of like we're comparing Amari and Ari, mm-hmm. but it's really just to show the diff mm-hmm. between one and two, not to compare we're not them directly. Not putting them against each other. Yeah,
0: you're using comparison to, like you just said, show the differences. Yeah, show or merely just show their um, uniqueness. Yeah. Their nuance, like it's it's they're just too. But the thing that I think is so precious about it, though, even when Ari was an infant up until today, she completely adores her big sister. Yeah, absolutely. Like even when they were very very when Ari was crawl, because again we said she crawled did everything very quick, um, but it was to follow behind her sister. Yeah, you know she had her own little like she still is girlier than Amari. Amari's is yeah. more of the athletic mm-hmm. type, but she's like kind of switched on her style a little bit mm-hmm. to be more like her big sister style. Like, I don't want to really wear the tutus all the time anymore. I want this little athletic outfit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just really cute. But
1: mine needs to be pink. Right. Mm-hmm. She won't
0: give up on the pink thing. Mm-hmm. Pink and princess sparkles rainbows. Yes. Mm-hmm. But It doesn't have to be a tutu anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it needs to be more of the athletic with the sneakers. Mm -hmm. You know, I need my sneakers to match my outfit. And not so much the tutus, but still pink with some glitter on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, she, in her eyes, Amari is absolutely a rock star. Yeah. You can't tell her any different. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. Because in this conversation, the thing I realized too is we don't have or I'm not versed enough in English apparently to know how to talk about the difference between two children Mm -hmm. without doing a Mm semi-comparison of the two and I don't know if that's just a limitation of the language or if it's just
0: I think it's more of a the word comparison has gotten a bad rap because to me if it's bad if you're comparing to show favoritism or you're comparing to show um uh,
1: a deficit or a deficit,
0: like that. but if you're comparing just to show a difference, there's nothing wrong with that, yeah. And so, it, to me, it's just, you know...
1: I'm just thinking about the people that play like, you shouldn't compare your kids. Right,
0: but that's also the people who would compare and treat one differently. That's what I was trying oh, to say. Okay. You're not comparing to, to say, I'm going to treat you better than I'm going to treat this one. Mm-hmm. You're comparing just to show this is what this person's personality is showing, this is what this person's personality is. And really, the easiest way to demonstrate those
1: differences
0: is... To compare
1: especially because you don't have a baseline right because right. if if you only look at Ari in isolation then she by definition right. becomes your baseline right so there is no difference there because that's all there there is but yeah all of that to say multiple kids multiple personalities they evolve differently their right. brains work differently
0: And yes, you can compare, but you should never compare to say this person is ahead or this person is behind. Right. Because they legit are very, very, very different individuals. Like, raising and teaching my own three children have completely changed my philosophy on education. We'll talk about that another time. But Mm -hmm. they are very, very uniquely different. And they, you know, have the same living situation. So it's not like... You know, you're talking about three different kids from three different households and all that. Yeah, jazz. with three different backgrounds. Yeah, but these are three kids raised in the same environment Yeah. who learn in completely, completely different ways. Mm-hmm. All three, like all three.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is tough. And even the three different personalities. Because yep. you would think three people reared by the same two people consistently would come out not identical but similar enough but these three can be a wild card it seemed like like i can pose the same question to them in a room together at the same time so they're all hearing the same question for the first time and their answers and how they got to those conclusions is is staggering yeah it's completely staggering. Yep. So, it's it's hyper interesting. Um, specifically as an only child, it's super <laughs> interesting for me because having multiple kids and the, you know, in this conversation the sister sister dynamic mm-hmm. is, I mean, infinite case studies could be written on <laughs> on sisters and sisterhood and all that kind of stuff. Specifically as an only child who doesn't you know, have a frame of reference around it. It's been several times that I've just been like, is this normal? And you'll say, they're siblings. It's just a thing siblings do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, I guess that's why I ain't got no siblings.
0: Well, do sue, as Manny would say. Yeah,
1: because some of that stuff make me want to chop them in the throat or something. (laughs) But anyway. Alright, so... Anything else, babe?
0: No, that was it. Oh but we're, real quick, we we're thinking about introducing a new segment called um it you know, outside of our normal discussion called What's Poppin'. And um it'll just pop in meaning what's popular like in the culture, what on the news, whatever. Mm-hmm. And real quick, what did you think about the versus battle with the Osley brothers and Earth Wind and Fire?
1: I think Versus, in the way that they go, is a is an institution that the community has to protect because for some of the comments, specifically on Earth, Wind, and Fire, and um, the Isley Brothers, some of the comments from you know the younger generation
0: mm-hmm.
1: is priceless. Absolutely, and you know the way music is right now. It's not a lot of ways to introduce someone to something like yeah, that. Yeah. So this method that they're using, I think, is a fantastic method to exp- expand people's horizons on music, especially when they play some of their iconic hits. Yeah. That you've
0: heard in several iterations, commercials. Yeah. Music for background, I mean, mm, background music for movies
1: and movie previews yep. and car commercials, yep. and even like, even like when they played the um September, yeah, I was like, How many younger people only know this song from Trolls?
0: And right, they're like, Oh, Justin Timberlake didn't write that song, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like,
1: I think, I think that is a, I think that's a special thing, and and uh, you know. Music, music is one of those things that finds a way. I've learned, yeah. Because like before, verses, you had like Guitar Hero.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You know those those that generation of games that was introducing people to older music, and I think verses is in that same tradition. But yeah. I think it's it's hyper important, and and I think them doing ones like the Isley Brothers. Me, personally, I would love to see them do Ohio Players mm-hmm. or the OJs mm-hmm. or something like that. Because I think it's really important to keep that. It's important for the culture to keep that era of music alive and to keep... Yeah. It's almost like a oral history of sorts <clears throat> that we got to keep alive. And I think Versus is a great way to do it. And Ron Isley's jacket was fire.
0: The fact that it took me... I saw a promo with Ron Isley in it.
1: <coughs> excuse me, on
0: Saturday, and it was like the Isley Brothers. And I saw his brother. I can't recall his name right now. Ernest. And I was like, "Well, where Ron at?" And I had to look up. I looked on his Instagram. I was like, "Lord, Ronald, I'm like a whole different man with that beard." <laughs> yeah,
1: apparently you and all of the internet. I just thought it was way. funny
0: that you know, looking in the comments, people were like, "But where is Ronald?" Isley?
1: <laughs> and He's sitting there just, <laughs> he's just, just sitting there with his little coat on. Yeah. So yeah. And then
0: of course, Earth, Wind, and Fire just you know they their lyrics to both of them have lyrically phenomenal music, but you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire is like that cookout music. Mm -hmm. that you know just Mm -hmm. you just hear it
1: and that's that's what made it funny too because again for the culture we have these shared memories right like when um who was it i think it was um uh anthony anderson or somebody was talking about like the fish plates and all yeah, that
0: kind of stuff. Yeah, Love and Spice Adams and yeah. a couple other folks were like, I got these fish plates over here.
1: But it was just like, but then when you saw them make that comment and you saw the other people replying or referring to that comment, it just proved that there's like this shared... Yeah. Dialogue that we have as a now, culture. Earth,
0: Anthony Anderson grew up in Compton. I grew up in New Kent County, Virginia. Right, and we both can say, say "Oh, we need a fish fry going right now." Exactly. Like, come on, exactly. That's just
1: what we do. That's just <laughs> what it is, you know, fried fish Fridays, right. all of that. Yeah, you know? like, oh, we got on some Earth Mother Fire. what on yeah. the barbecue at? What about who's <laughs> smoking some ribs right now? Like that fact that you know. As a people, we are connected that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unreal. And it and it's one of those things that I think is great to witness like that on, on those kind of, yeah on the way Versus has put that together, you know, cause even like, you know, Ron, Isley, what?
0: 79.
1: You know, and then like Steve was talking about, he had 25 platinum records and 28, I think 28 platinum records and. You know what I'm saying? That lineage of music that he's been able to produce. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, outside of his older classics and, and we both an older parents, for a lot of people in our age group, the first time they would have heard him was when he did that song with R. Kelly.
0: <gasps> the R&B singer, Who Must Not Be Named. Hey, That's what look, Tony Baker said. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> but that would have been their first introduction yeah. to him you know what i'm saying and then
0: except for the fact that you probably didn't know all those songs that's what on i'm saying tv
1: commercials that's what i'm saying that would have been a formal introduction yeah. but his catalog go back so
0: far like
1: 50 you know what I'm years yeah you know what i'm saying like
0: i saw someone say you should be making music that 50 years later you wouldn't mind singing
1: yeah exactly or or, or, or performing, was, or the, performing. was the word they used so think about it he was making music Ten years before either of us was conceived, mm-hmm. he already had started. He had all. He you know,
0: already had music, but think going. About,
1: but think about it. Most music artists, if they make it ten years, it's to be celebrated, right? So he's ten years before we were even born, mm-hmm. and then the entirety of our life. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and and I think that you know that's amazing. Same thing with um, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know, saying I told you the story that my first formal introduction was when um, Sons and Man
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: had done that song and I was like, Oh man, I love this song is great and I don't even know why and my uncle was like Oh, I can tell you why You need to go listen To the original right, You listen to like, wu I'm listening to Wu-Tang And like, you
0: like Yo this song is so fire co- They so creative And your How uncle they... like Yo This is an so old song. song Let me pull up Let me yeah. get this album out <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where my 8 track at You know what I'm saying You like
0: Pull out the turntable Where the 45 Give me that Listen to this This Look, is where they got that from Okay ho-
1: Hold on now Hold on now Let me check my needle Hold on now <laughs> So it's like, you know, things like that. And I think that that is for for us as a culture and music being so important to our culture. Groups like that represent our core. Right. You know, what I'm saying they represent our core of what all of our different genres of music are built on. You know, what I'm saying like those rhythms and melodies,
0: the amount of samples that we heard last (sighs) night. And so it was funny sense. because, again, our parents are older. I knew a lot of those songs. I think it may have been like three total that I didn't know the words to sing along to it with myself. Yeah. But in listening to it and looking at the comments, people who didn't know these songs were sampled.
1: and mm-hmm. Like, oh,
0: my gosh, I didn't know they used that song. Oh, mm-hmm. so-and-so did this. I didn't know that mm-hmm. was a sample.
1: And and it changed your perspective, right? You, On one hand, you go, man, I thought producer x was so creative Mm -hmm. and then you find out it's a sample and you're like are they creative now or are they innovative taking something old and reusing it to make it new again and then you go wait but how does that make me feel about their musicality right and you know what i'm saying it's just a real it starts a real interesting conversation when you talk about like timbaland swiss kanye DJ Premier, Mm -hmm. you know, ninth one, the J Dilla.
0: Right.
1: And you start putting it into perspective of, and of like, oh man, they're sampling this older music. Mm -hmm. But then there's one of those things that like, if you ever talk to, or you got to see interviews with artists, rap artists, and rap producers, the first thing they used to say is, some of my biggest influence are and whoever they say after that is usually, especially you know, like if you're thinking like me, right? I'm into rap at 11, 12.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So anybody at the time that was, you know, 18 to 25 were probably the age of most of the artists I listened to at 12, 14, 15. Anybody they said Literally made music or had a catalog before I was alive. Yeah. So, and then you go, and you know, some of the people you would just know, like, mm-hmm. oh, one of my biggest influences is James Brown. I know who James Brown is. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, if they said, you know, I don't know, Curtis Mayfield or somebody in Percy Slade yeah, yeah somebody like that or what was the lady named Denise Williams I think was Den- on that one Denise? track yeah that I had heard a thousand times but I did I just didn't, didn't know, know her name was, right. but somebody you know those producers would be like Denise Williams or this person or that person or I'm a big fan of this group and you'd be like who are these people right. and until you get introduced to Motown as a collection mm-hmm. Or just
0: the music from the 70s mm-hmm. Yeah and, In the early In the 60s. collection of You know Soul music And you're like Oh okay Oh now I I like heard it, this song it, mm-hmm. I didn't know who this was though
1: Yeah so it really starts you on like A, a legit musical journey yeah. And I think that's what's important About stuff like Verses yeah. You know To keep those names And those Artists You can
0: see their importance To yeah. the To the overall Yep um, feel of music and yep. the culture and where it's moved and how it's kind of gotten away in some areas and then it slings back like it goes away and mm-hmm. then it comes back and,
1: and and I think it's one of those things too where and and I, I forget who I was talking to about this but it's one of those things too where it's important for the younger generation in a not in a traditional sense mm-hmm. not in a This is the way you make music and you should only make music this way and it's prescribed to be this way or it's not black music Mm -hmm. but shown to them as a way to say look when you're doing your new thing right and you're and you're and you think you're doing something completely new that's never been done before with like electronica or something like that Mm -hmm. now go listen to George Clinton and the Funkadelics and see You're not really doing something so massively different. Right. You're putting your own spin on it. But this is also a chance for you to pay, what is it, homage homage. to the ones who've come before you that helped pioneer this sound where you're able to get a deal or, or be independent or whatever your path is and make money from your art. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's like you paint in a certain way and doing impressionism or something like that. And they go, Hey, look at all the other impressionist artists that have come before you. Right. And then you go, well, I'm painting this in Van Gogh style. Right. Not to imitate Van Gogh, but to pay homage to him being a pioneer in the art world. And, and I feel like for music it's the same thing. You can do the same thing. And I think that's why it's important for the younger generation to get that kind of, musical lesson that i think versus is doing a very good job of providing for sure and and it's fun for sure because even us being big music people we've had those conversations let's compare these two catalogs mm-hmm. who you think had the better catalog between mm-hmm. this person and that person and sometimes it's like oh that's a mismatch right this person don't hold a hold a candle to that person right you know? or or you or if you ever want to really have a good a good argument uh at your house with with all your siblings and stuff, you say something real real ludicrous like, you know, let's put Usher against Stevie Wonder, right? And then listen to the house erupt as everybody like Usher can't hold a candle to no Stevie <laughs> Wonder catalog. Why would you Usher, even say that?
0: Usher, I mean, he's good, no, no but, but why would you Stevie even Stevie though to
1: Stevie? Like, why would you even say that? You know how deep his no. catalog is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gonna pull out stuff you forgot yeah. he even had.
1: Yeah, you know what? You know what? Take a lap. <laughs> take a lap you need to go walk outside of something clear your head you know to even say you something must like that be tripping
0: yeah you losing your mind
1: so I, and I think those are the fun conversations and versus is like uh, a scaled up version of those conversations yeah. that I feel like we've all had in our house yeah you know comparing two of our favorite artists and like who you think not necessarily mm-hmm. is better but just
0: why do you like them so much, much versus yeah. this one or whatever yeah.
1: Yeah, but that one was really good. But I think one of my favorite ones was Jill Scott and Erica. Erica, because I like the way they were telling the stories. Yeah, they did that. They did some of that in this one too, and I enjoy that. I almost rather, um, I don't look for Ron Isley at eighty to perform, but I'm all mad at him though because he nah. still
0: can sing for real, for real.
1: Yeah. And the same thing with, man, like you said, I can't remember his brother's name right now on the guitar. He was tearing it up. But he was killing that guitar. But I don't expect him to perform, but I do think like having somebody like D-Nice or Kid Capri or somebody in the back Mm -hmm. spinning the records and then them conversing about how that record came up came about ernie honestly ernie i felt that was really enjoyable when they talked about because i didn't know ernie had written so and, many of the tracks
0: and then once 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 i think after the second one he said he wrote i could pin every time which one he wrote because yeah. all of his songs had, had, had a vibe. sound
1: and they had a sound
0: yeah it was like oh, okay ernie wrote this one and they mm-hmm. would say yeah ernie wrote this one I'm like i know because i catch it now
1: mm-hmm and think, that's
0: how come they keep all their money because yeah. he like, uh uh-uh, uh, we wrote and arranged that song. Wrote, like when, um, arranged. Like when performed. they were saying that one Super Bowl incident, yes. Super Bowl, where they started playing some bars or something. And he was like, oh, they mm-hmm. didn't
1: ask us. Mm-hmm. Boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop, boop, boop. boop. Um, and look. Y'all owe us some money. <laughs> yeah. And look, that's a great lesson. Again, that's a great lesson for young artists. Yeah. Because.
0: Own your stuff.
1: But they wrote, arranged, and perform the track. Who are you giving money to. Other right. than yourself. Other than
0: you and your family.
1: Who are you giving these royalties to. Other than yourself. Mm-hmm. Like. When, when do you lose credit. At that point. You know what I'm saying. And that, that was just a great business move. On their mm-hmm. part. You know. Nope. We'll produce the record. We'll write the record. Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. arrange the track. And tracks. I'm sure that. It
0: would be possibly not every single record. But. No, I'm no,
1: sure it's a vast majority. But again. You got, what you say, 28 platinums? Yeah. Even if it's only a tenth. Right. You know what I'm saying? You still up. That's what, two songs per album mm-hmm. that you've written and arranged or something like that? Yep. Uh, you you up. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got to do the whole album, but the ones that you did do, you know, you eating off those yep. for, for the rest of your life.
0: For sure.
1: So... Yeah, I thought it was great. what you think? Oh,
0: I, I've said it. I thought oh, okay. it was fantastic. I enjoyed every single moment of it. Added some new songs to my playlist that I had forgotten about. <laughs> I just had a good time. It was all about, you know, remembering, hearing these songs as, you know, a kid at the barbecues and mm-hmm. riding in the truck with your dad and mom. And you're hearing all these songs. And you're like, man, I remember this one you heard me over here wailing them all out like I know mm-hmm. all the lyrics to these songs like I said it may have been three three and then maybe like two the songs I just didn't really care for I, I knew the words but I was like eh, I'm not gonna
1: sound really like that song but oh, all I know is when they made those comments to, when one of them tracks I can't remember which one it was but they hit a certain um bar in that in that beginning part and when it and when it played I was like I can smell the fried fish. <laughs> I was like, I can sm- I can hear the grill. You can hear the yeah. I can <laughs> hear the I can hear all my family members talking, those who are no longer with us and the ones that are here. I hear the conversation that they were having at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I can hear I can hear my so so like my uncle telling me, Get away from that grill before you burn you yourself. Don't get pop. Yep. Or Nah, you can't. You this grown folks. We playing. We playing this card game. Y'all kids can't play. Go go play. I declare war over there. Mm-hmm. You mean with the deck of cards that only got forty five cards? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go it's on. Fine. T- take it and play. Go play with your cousins.
0: Yep. So. yeah. I thought it was great.
1: Mhm.
0: Well, this was fun. Yep.
1: That don't, was great.
0: Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe our podcast
1: yep on wherever you listen to podcasts or apple podcast specifically and follow
0: us on social media @7podcast
1: yep thanks everyone
0: bye guys
1: bye